I may be going nowhere, but what a ride. Welcome to AMI Audiobook Review, the weekly podcast where we chat all things audiobooks. I'm your host, Ramia Amadhan, and the quote of the week is by Sean Hick. It's summertime. It's time to have some fun. And of course, all our fun for some of us is up on social media. We're tagging, we're blogging, we're sending, we're be reeling. But sometimes it's nice to not have any of that and just kind of do your thing. And I think that summer gives us more of that opportunity for spontaneity. So that's why we picked this quote by Sean Hick. So adorable. Let's take a look at the CELA homepage. The Center for Equitable Library Access offers us three featured titles and you can visit celalibrary.ca for these titles. The first one up there right now is Vera Wong's Unsolicited Advice for Murderers by Jesse Q. Santanto. The second one is The Climate Book by Greta Thunberg. And the last one up there is The White Lady by Jacqueline Winspire, which will pick up and on a later thread in this episode. Okay, Nisreen, technical producer of the show, coming over to you because we want to chat some book news. Yeah, so Oprah unveils her 101st book club pick, The Covenant mm. of Water, the long-awaited second novel from the best-selling author Abraham Verghese. And uh, Winfrey said in a statement, quote, this is one of the top five books I've read in my lifetime, and I've been reading since I was three, end quote. And she also adds that it's epic, it's transportive. Uh, many moments during uh, the read, she had to stop and remember to breathe because she couldn't Ooh. put the book down until the very last page. Oh. And she says it was unputdownable. <laughs> when when Oprah's making up words to describe books that yeah. are... I'm like, is that a word? No. Yeah, no. But Oprah used it, so now it's a word. <laughs> now it's a word, and now it's like everybody's going to read it because we want to read the unputdownable book. Give us a title one more time. So, Covenant of Water. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. So, Abraham Verghese, the author, said in a statement that receiving the call from Winfrey, the dream of countless authors felt like a miracle. I mean, uh, yeah. That's she exactly says it was it. unputdownable, so obviously. Um, I mean, I think he says it perfectly. You know, anybody would want to have praise like this at all, but from Oprah herself. And for some reason, the fact that it's like the 101st book uh, is seems like a milestone for this kind of book to get this praise. Mm-hmm. Pretty uh, cool. Yeah, and I, so if Oprah kind of recommends this book would you grab it oh heck yes you're one of those people right heck yes and the thing is i've read books that oprah has recommended that she raved about than i raved about so we have this thing going you know mm-hmm. this uh, chemistry of recommendations oh, yes. yes it's you're one-sided <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't know it yet but it's happening she doesn't know but we <laughs> she would love anything i recommend also <laughs> Yeah, I don't think that's bold at all. I think that's Mm -hmm. fair statement. Uh huh. Cool. Okay, Nisreen, you got it. All right. Well, that's book news with Nisreen, and we are going to be checking in with an avid audiobook listener. If you're a fan of Western novels, then our guest is going to come your way. But if you're not a fan, he's going to tell us why he is. We'll be right back.
You're tuned into AMI Audiobook Review, the weekly podcast where we chat all things audiobooks. And it's time for the infamous pause or play. It's been a while, so let's get into it. I know I say that every single time. Uh, we glanced over a few books, three in fact, featured titles from the CELA Library. You can visit celalibrary.ca. That's the Center for Equitable Library Access. And one of those featured titles is The White Lady by Jacqueline Winspire. Let's get into this historical fiction slash mysteries and crime stories. I'll give you a bit of a synopsis and then we'll go around the table and hit pause or play. A reluctant ex-spy with demons of her own, Eleanor finds herself facing down one of the most dangerous organized crime gangs in London, ultimately exposing corruption from Scotland Yard to the highest levels of government. The private, quiet Miss White, as Eleanor is known, lives in a village in rural Kent, England, and to her fellow villagers seems something of an enigma. Well, she might, as Eleanor's occupies, a grace and favor property, a rare privilege offered to faithful servants of the crown for services to the nation, but... The residents of Shacklehurst have no way of knowing how dangerous Eleanor's war work has gone or that their mysterious neighbor is haunted by her past. When the powerful Mackie crime family demands a return of their prodigal son for an important job, Eleanor assumes the task of protecting her neighbors and Eleanor unwillingly sets out on a treacherous path, yet it's one that leads to her freedom. So, we don't know much, but we know that she's doing some serious activity out here. Nisreen, coming to you first, pause or play on this book? I'm going to have to say pause. The historical fiction is not, yeah, it's a hard pause. I didn't, I wasn't caught on. It didn't catch me. Mm. It didn't grab my attention. Female protagonist? Um, No? Yeah. Yeah. Genre gets you first. Okay. Yeah. All right, that's fine. Uh, But yeah, genre gets me first for sure. And I'm, I'm thinking about it in terms of like there's there's a lot of terms in the historical point of view that I'm just like I would need to search up every few minutes. (laughs) Oh, oh, okay. You don't want to pause the book while playing. I'll I'll tell you why because I do watch some tv shows that are in the same genre aspect mm-hmm. and i do, i do get confused and something i'm like wait what's what's this mm-hmm. word <laughs> like, okay so i it it's a lot of thinking for me and i'm like no i kind of want to eat i want an easy breezy book well it is pleasure reading so you can pick whatever you want right you don't have to feel mm-hmm. strapped into picking something kelly how about you pause or play uh i i would probably do play I think I could get through that book. I'd find it interesting anytime you start throwing in that mob stuff or the haunted past. I really get kind of curious to to a point. If it's too long, yeah, I get tired out of it. If it moves fast enough, great. I would most likely, if it presented itself, click on it and say, you know what? Let's give it a shot. Mm. I in the last couple years of ever since I've been part of Amr's book club it feels like historical fiction is really becoming a thing and especially when you can put in a female protagonist um, it kind of is awesome we read that book with the female sniper and that was mm. really cool uh, so I used to 
let's hit pause very quickly like Nisreen on some of these things but now I'm thinking ah there might be some nice juice to this book so I would hit play you're more open minded yeah you yeah. can get confused though because a lot of time I'll read stuff like that and I'll start questioning did that actually happen or is this all made up as part yeah. of the fiction because so That's many things are true fiction. and it's nice when there's enough background of the time period so you really feel like oh that's between July and August of whatever oh. year I like that kind of thing so that sometimes holds me that is always the discrepancy for me not knowing what the dates are and how much they count for things um, if it's done very chronologically but this one seems pretty plot heavy so yeah. we'll see Anyways, if you want to go press pause or play, well, specifically play, I guess, The White Lady is the title of this. It's by Jacqueline Winspire, available on celibrary.ca. We're checking in with an avid audiobook listener, opening up the space to review, discuss, recommend, browse, conceptualize, and reminisce on audiobooks. And the voice that you heard is that of Kelly McDonald, who we welcome back to the show because it's not your first time, Kelly. Kelly of Kelly and Rumia and everything else that people know you uh, on AMI-TV and AMI-audio for. Thanks for coming back. Oh, thanks for having me, ladies. Really appreciate it. It's always fun to talk the books and kind of get into different aspects and hear what uh, everyone else is kind of saying because yeah. that's what makes you go away and say, hey, I, I, I think I'll check that out where I, as we talk, talk about all the time, may not have before. Exactly. And that is kind of the theme for today, at least for me personally. So what kind of books, A, have you been reading lately? Well, as we do on the program, our book of the month, so that mm -hmm. helps me at least step outside when I tend to get in a trend of books. Often it's detective stuff, as I've mentioned before. In the last couple of years, uh, during the pandemic, I found myself getting into Western books. Now, I was never a Western fan when I was young. I thought Western TV shows, being an old-time radio show fan, I thought they were ridiculous. Uh, just a bunch of gunfire and stuff like that. Funny. Um, and, you Comical. know, just... Oh, I don't even know if I found them comical. As a child, I thought, oh, it's kind of silliness. This isn't real. <laughs> In my head, it wasn't real. They're riding around on horses. Where's the cars and stuff like that? So I couldn't really accept a lot of it. I thought, oh, my God, what a boring life. Like you're in this little town with four buildings or whatever it might be. Oh, grief. And you're stuck on the ranch all the time and huge ranches. I started to appreciate more, I think, first on TV, then more so to the old radio shows that I'd hear about. But I still couldn't get into the idea of reading a Western book. But through the pandemic, I picked up these more modern written Western books. I think the first one took place during the Civil War by this writer uh, that I read. And then I started to discover all of the series that uh, William W. Johnston uh, was a part of and, and wrote. And as I've read, I've seen the connection between other series. So one series may take place 1830s, another 1880s. So you same kind author? Of get, uh, yeah, same okay, author. Okay. And the characters somewhat are connected. They'll refer to, oh yeah, the well-known uh, Man of the Mountains preacher. And, and it'll be a different book, so, a different book series. So somehow they've encountered, so he's created a Western world out of the Old West for us. And Interesting. Related to places like Tombstone or Dodge and stuff like that, you'll hear these places that really did exist that were in the Westerns that I knew from old radio shows and stuff like that, towns that exist today. Um, so I was able to make that kind of connection and feel he's created this interesting world. All right, well, what do you do with that? You know, do you 
I think what I remember of westerns are people running around, "Hotter partner," and all that stuff. How much of that's true? How much in these books did he stereotype with that? Now you throw in the violence. Now the violence, of course, is always overrated. We talk about gunmen killing 10, 20 people. Oh, how many notches does he have on his belt? I, I There are definitely the killings. I don't feel it's the same way. He tries to bring, as human as he can, killing people to, to, to the reader. And I kind of find that refreshing. I find them longer stories than you would think you could do with them. And there are some subject matters in them that make you kind of, but what it makes you feel like is, okay, this is the stuff that was going on of the time. This is consistent in some of the older stuff that I've watched or, or especially when you talk about people in saloons, the, uh, you know, and, and the ladies of the saloons and stuff where on the older shows, they were kind of careful how they reflected them in these books. Well, they're a little more, um, out there, like like what we read, if we're talking about people on the streets today and and working and that kind of stuff, um, habits, the drinkers, the you know that kind of thing, um, and you start seeing a reflection of opinion towards the Civil War in some of these. So, I, I kind of find it fascinating. I find the the characters that he has created and is consistent, and I liken it to so many of the writers out there today that write series. And again, guys, multiple books. Like, I I still feel like there's a conveyor belt. And multiple series. Yeah, and I feel there's a conveyor belt. How can you produce this many books on your own as a writer? So mm. I always picture these people sitting around, and there's a team that will write, you know, the, the, the different, the Brothers O'Brien, one of the series that got. So you've got these people who write that under the name William you know, W. Johnstone. I have no idea if these are, if that's what's being done out there these days. But it just seems so massive and a huge undertaking. Well, I'm curious about the formula for writing Westerns. Yes. Can you tell that there's this, this, and this that always take place? And I'm not sure if that's a storyline thing or if it's just the setting um, or how things are presented. Like you mentioned, the characters, the the deep dive of the lifestyle. Um, what makes Westerns all fit into that category? Is there fables. something you can put it down? First of all, fables. You know, oh, okay. that Nizreen. That's that person who did this. She's known for killing 10 men that, you know, what? and you hear these little book, stories. Eh? Uh, yeah, in every okay. book. Th- th- and I think that's how they connect the writers or the um, characters together. Now, I- I'm going to say that if you just have a one-off book or a series, maybe this writer only has one Western series, you tend to have the wandering cowboy, rancher, um, cow puncher, whatever you want to call him, who is moving from place to place, whether it's driven for work or running from something, an outlaw, wanted by the law, or a traveling lawman who ended up getting booted out of the town he was in, or a marshal that has a huge territory out there and travels to the different towns so that you have your different settings and different situations that you Mm. can create for these protagonists. Um, So that I notice. Uh, I notice the near misses. (laughs) And what I'm noticing with, you know, in the way of death, when you're talking death, you know, you're you're riding and suddenly the stagecoach you're on gets held up. And... Most of the people are killed, but you're left for dead. Ooh. So you get better, sicker. Somebody helps you. They rescue you, a mountain person or uh, somebody else coming the other way helps you to water. And then you go hunt these people down who did this. And you may be doing it for yourself. You may be accused 
of being a part of the robbery. How did you survive? They killed everyone else, but Ramya, you survived. I think you're a part of it. You escape, and now you've got to hunt the people down to prove oh, your innocence. I love it. A lot of that. Um, a lot of thrill. A lot of thrill, and they don't go too long without some action. It's, mm. it's, and I, I think that is the carryover of old westerns that would be a half hour or a short story. You got into town, the trouble started 20 minutes after you showed up, and you solved it and then rode into the sunset. Mm. <laughs> so they still kind of hang on to some of that stuff, even though these books are 10 and 12 hours long. <laughs> like it's, it's, and 10 it, and 12 hours long is not a long book. No, That's not no. a long investment at all. So is it filled with this kind of action sequence? It can be. There can be... You could listen for 20 minutes, a half hour, and there'd be a lot of action. You can listen for 30 minutes, and the action isn't of killing someone. But there's definitely going to be shootouts and no real reckoning for the person you had to shoot. Uh, mm -hmm. They, they kind of make it fairly cut and dry unless that's going to be what sets you to running and sets you to meeting all sorts of characters along the way and filling out the story. I didn't really think I would enjoy a lot of this stuff, yeah. um, but what I've found I've enjoyed is learning little tidbits about the West that he has researched. I enjoy that this guy has several series. Whether they're really connected or not, you don't have to read all the series or care about some of the other characters. You might read, oh, I'm not interested in these guys or, or whatever. Um, I mean, you've got the Brothers O'Brien. I mentioned those. You've got Texas John Slaughter, uh, Blood Bond, about two other brothers in the Old West, Blood of the Mountain Man. And this guy is, is an ex-gunfighter, an amazing shooter, Smoke Jensen. And that's the other thing. Cool names. Yeah. Smoke <laughs> Jensen, I just love it. Dooley Monahan, that's another one. Now Dooley's interesting because there's a lot more humor and a lot more of that near missing kind of thing. That that humble gunfighter, but he's not really a gunfighter. It's more of a rumor that follows him. Um, but he gets in situations where definitely he can handle his gun. But a lot of time he's just trying to duck down, may duck down behind something to to keep from getting shot on a western street, and his gun hits something and the bullet go off and by chance kill somebody. That was one of the bad guys. So there's a lot more humor and fun with that as he runs around with his dog and his his uh, horse, the general. Right? It, it's it, there's some really neat background with a lot of these characters, and you may find, uh, especially in the Smoke Jensen series, uh, you'll find the connections as he grows older. They age them. They you know they definitely are placed in a certain period of time, and they'll refer back to who taught Smoke Jensen. Well, the Mountain Man preacher who has his own book series, who will appear sometimes in those Smoke Jensen books. So they tie it, but you don't have to bother with the yeah, others because yeah. they know people won't. It's it's just like references to. So yeah. if you are a super fan and going through all of this, then you have the uh, opportunity to feel connected to all the other worlds. Yeah. Um, it's interesting saying worlds. But is it hard to take Westerns too seriously? Like, is any part of it supposed to be taken um, you know, deeply, because the way that I see it, you know, it feels like costumes and and over exaggerations and funny names for characters, as you're saying, or all these action thrilled moments that are supposed to get your adrenaline going. But can you have real moments in these sure. books? Yeah, I really and I think that's the ch not a challenge. I think that's something they step up to making sure you feel. It's the stigma, I think. It is because we think oh, a yeah, Western, right? Yeah. Now, I, I, and it, what I've always found kind of hard is it, there's definitely a lot of the laws and rules are legitimate. Like, 
it, it doesn't mean you were in a gunfight every six months or whatever as a, as a you know shopkeeper or anything mm-hmm. like that. But you build up situations where people were put in places where trouble happened. You had a huge expanse of um, open land that nobody policed or anything. So why wouldn't someone try to rob you out there when there's going to be no one to punish them, no one to see it, no one to stop them? Um, so you did have to protect, carry your gun and be handy with it. So as to say, did is there was there people out there that ended up having seven, eight notches if they were outlaws and put them on their belt, or five people who, or you killed five people because you rode shotgun on a stage and it was on a route that often would have robberies and you'd end up having to defend and, and ended up killing people? Mm. I, I can't say no because I see the legitimacy, but I have never sat down, looked into history books, and I don't know what would, uh, when I say history, you know, deaths and stuff like that and lo- because a lot of time, if someone was shot, you buried them and moved on. Hmm. It's hard, but there's definitely moments. Um, yeah. They build some great stuff in these stories. How come you're there? How is this person in, in, in trouble? What can you do to help them? And those beautiful moments between um, the land itself, you get some beautiful pictures of, of the spaces. Oh. You get some ugly pictures, too, as some of the towns are what they are, deserted. You learn a lot about... When people are migrating and moving because of the gold rush, uh, they stop in different how certain towns boomed and how certain towns died because, okay, we've used up, we've dug all the silver out of here. Let's move on. Oh, there's silver in so-and-so town. Let's go. Yeah. Are there themes like that where you actually feel like you're learning new things or learning about the actual places and settings that these uh, westerns take place in i do but again i think a lot of time it really depends how you view westerns where it's really interesting because we we talk about books that are um historical fiction yes and we accept oh yeah there's things here that did happen at that time and i like hearing about that i don't question it but for some reason with westerns and I don't know if it's because I can't be bothered to Google it or whatever. Did yeah. this really happen? Does this town exist or whatever? So you do you take it as um, more like yeah, this is um, the writer's meant to paint the artistic license. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I wonder about that because of course there's that that vibe, right? This yeah. vastness of what's supposed to be a Western feel. So I'm wondering, wait, are there actually legit? <laughs> places yeah. that they take and, and include that detail for the pictures or they just say, okay, here's your picture of a Western, that yeah. snapshot. In war, we accept, especially the older wars, whether it be the Civil War in the States, our 1812 war, or even going further back, um, you know, in France or in, we accept these people, you, you saw someone, you killed them. You know, the enemy appear in front of you uh, and they have a a weapon, you're going to take them out. We accept that people killed and a lot of times had no idea of the faces. And we accept that when we read history, when we read these books and it's conceivable to us that, yeah, in a war you were flying a bomber, you killed hundreds of people possibly dropping bombs on places. In Westerns, I find American Westerns, we still question it. At least I do. I still, oh, come on. And again, we know it's not so easy just to pull a gun and fire and, and wound or kill somebody. But then again, it's a totally different time. Mm. So you, in the last couple of seconds we have here, you said that you avoided Westerns for a while. You yeah. had a, oh, yeah. your old time radio and you were like, ha ha, Westerns. And now you're clearly into it. And especially with this author. Um, who, what's his name again? William uh, W. Johnstone. Yes. Thank you. So 
Do you have a favorite part? Is this your go-to genre for no. a specific reason? Yeah, no, it's not a, a go-to. I enjoy it probably for all the silliness. The the and I do, and I'm not one who likes all that humor, right? I prefer more dramatic. But I I start to laugh. I like the strangeness of the characters described. And again, you can only have so many one-eared guys or or whatever for whatever. Oh, he lost his ear, and and those situations make me laugh. Mm. Um, some of the descriptions have that black humor with them that I would get from my private detective stuff. You know, when, when there's a, a gunfight or a fist fight, I like fist fights far more than anything. I like the descriptions. I giggle like a kid with that. And I think what got me interested in Westerns listening to the old radio shows were what they referred to as the adult Westerns, the gun smokes and stuff like that, that mm. had more story. Um, and they didn't always have a shootout. They didn't always have a brawl be in, and you had an episode that was funny. And you giggled at the characters uh, and the situation they were put into. And I always like that kind of thing. When you have an opportunity to take, especially in dramas and things like that, when there is that funny, the Christmas episode where, oh, so-and-so Scrooge, this is their Scrooge uh, uh, episode, and -and so-and-so, oh, (laughs) that'd be a funny story. So once in a while I like that, but definitely I like sticking to the main plot of what these westerns are supposed to be wandering here's my this character that i've recognized from the other books okay and now he's in this situation or yeah. uh, that i enjoy it it's still a little bit of comic relief kels thank for you sure. so much for joining us oh yeah thank you for asking kelly mcdonald of kelly and rummy joining us on this episode of ami audiobook review and that's it for this week we're checking in with amir khan next week so we'll wrap up the month with his three picks throughout I'm your host, Ramia Amuthan, with technical producer Nisreen Abdel-Majid. And until the next episode of AMI Audiobook Review, happy audiobook listening. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider.